Taiwan's Level 3 COVID alert will likely be extended rather than allowed to expire on May 28th. Health Minister Chen Zizong said Monday that discussions were underway on extending the pandemic alert due to the continued rise of COVID cases. On Monday, the CECC reported 334 local COVID cases and six deaths. It also added 256 cases to the counts of previous days, saying the delay was caused by a reporting backlog of confirmed test results. Let's hear from the CECC. Today, we have 334 local infections and 256 backlogged cases. Adding in imported cases, we have a total of 595 cases. Of the 334 local cases from today, 157 were men and 177 women. They developed symptoms between May 10th and May 23rd. New Taipei registered the most new cases, 177, of which 43 were reported in Banqiao District. The second highest caseload was reported in Taipei with 99 cases, of which 38 were registered in Wanhua District. As for the 256 backlogged cases, we have 157 men and 99 women. They had developed symptoms between May 14th and May 22nd. In this group, Taipei reported the highest number of cases, 148, of which 76 were reported in Wanhua District. The second highest tally was in New Taipei, which had 99 cases, 34 of which were in Banqiao District. The six people who died were in their 60s and 70s, and four of them had chronic illnesses. Patient number 1860 was a woman in her 70s who had a history of chronic conditions, including stomach cancer. Patient 2476 was a man in his 70s who had a malign tumor in his tonsils. Case number 2825 was a man in his 60s who had high blood pressure and cirrhosis. Case number 4162 was a woman in her 60s who had diabetes and chronic hepatitis B. The virus has now spread to every city and county except Taidong. Looking back at the outbreak so far, infections surged to a peak on May 17th, with 476 people testing positive. In the five days since then, the daily case count has ranged between 380 and 430 cases, with no clear downward trend. The central government has nullified a decision by the Jingmen County government to mandate COVID-19 tests for all incoming travelers. The government of Jingmen County announced Sunday that all arrivals would need to show a negative COVID test or be tested at the airport. However, the Central Epidemic Command Center said Monday it disagreed with Jingmen's plan and that local government must take direction from the CECC. <laughs> It's early Monday morning at Jinmen Airport and an altercation is underway. Airport staff took down a COVID test station against the angry objections of Jinmen County Commissioner Yang Zhenwu. Last Sunday, Yang announced that all travelers entering Jinmen would need to have a proof of a negative COVID test from the last three days or test negative for COVID at the airport. The ordinance was to come into effect on Monday, but it was shot down by the central government. What the central government won't do, we will do by ourselves. What I'm saying is that the central government is unable to protect the residents of Jinmen from the pandemic, and so we have to protect ourselves. 
We expressed our position very clearly in the letters we sent on May 17th and May 21st. The CUCC confirmed that it did receive letters containing Jinmin's request for entry restrictions. The CUCC said it did not agree to the request because it needed to keep rules consistent across all cities and counties. There are two levels to this issue. The first level is practical and the second is legal. Legally, they invoked Article 37 of the Communicable Disease Control Act, which states that local governments have main authority in such situations. However, Article 37 Clause 3 makes it very clear that if a central epidemic command center is in existence at the time, then local authorities must comply with the head of the epidemic command. As for the practical concerns, what they want to do is essentially separate themselves. This could lead to everyone wanting to do the same, and that would derail life as we know it in Taiwan. But of course, there is nothing wrong with the idea behind his actions. He's hoping for less coming and going from Jinmen because movement would put pressure on local defenses against COVID. We want the same end, but we disagree over the means. Regarding Jinmen's COVID containment strategy, they are welcome to come up with another proposal. We will discuss it here as well and provide them with better suggestions. Central and local authorities are at loggerheads over how to secure Jinmen's safety. Locals on the outlying islands say they fully support their county commissioner. I don't think they should be asking whether or not it's legal. I feel that this is just a way to protect the people of Jinmen. Jinmen is an outlying island. Our medical resources have always been insufficient. He was taking action to protect the people of Jinmen, and that was the right thing to do. Meanwhile, over in Penghu, local authorities plan to test arrivals at the airport starting Tuesday. The CECC says it will assess the needs of outlying islands and formulate a plan that protects all the people of the nation. Amid Taiwan's chip crisis, there are growing concerns that the pandemic will hurt Taiwan's chip production. On Monday, Bloomberg published a piece with the headline, World's supply of chips is in danger unless Taiwan gets vaccines. Taiwan's chip industry has a key position in global supply chains. With respect to foundries, Taiwan accounts for 55% of the global market. What's more, with regard to advanced processes, Taiwan currently holds 92% of the global market. Over the weekend, TSMC reported that one of its engineers had contracted COVID-19. In the wake of its announcement, local media reported that U.S. tech giant Apple will send Moderna and Pfizer vaccines to Taiwan for use by TSMC staff and families. TSMC denied the report on Monday. The Taipei MRT has launched a new train schedule with reduced service at off-peak periods. On the blue line, passengers now need to wait about a minute longer for a train during off-peak hours. The adjustment comes after a sharp drop in ridership due to Taipei's COVID outbreak. It's rush hour at Taipei Main Station and office workers are out in force. Although metro ridership has fallen by 40% since the previous Monday, some of the carriages are still packed with people. The Taipei Metro has a solution for passengers who want to know whether a car is crowded before hopping on. You can use the system's own mobile app. Select the station you're at, in our case Taipei Main Station, tap it, and a diagram will show you how crowded each car is for the trains going in both directions. The handy tool can help passengers avoid crowds to minimize infection risk. 
Due to decreased ridership, Taipei Metro has reduced its services at off-peak times. For instance, on the Blue Line, train used to come every one to two minutes. Now passengers have to wait about three minutes for a train. You have to wait about three minutes. It's a bit slower. They space them out a little after all. Did you feel the difference? Yes. Passengers say they don't mind the longer wait, but that they do fear getting infected while taking public transport. On her Facebook page, President Tsai Ing-wen posted a list of pandemic guidelines for office workers. They include staggering work schedules and leaving contact tracing info on public transport. She also called for wearing a mask in cars if there are two occupants or more, and wearing one at the office if social distancing isn't possible. The last point asks people to go straight home after work and not linger around outside. These past few days, Taiwan's streets have become completely deserted as people stay home to avoid the risk of infection. The seal-making industry is the latest to get an unexpected boost from the pandemic. Now that real name registration is mandatory in public areas, signing one's name is a daily occurrence. But if you want to avoid sharing pens, you might choose to carry a personal seal instead. That's led lots of people to get a new seal commissioned to register hygienically wherever they go. When you enter a public venue like a store, you're now expected to get your temperature taken, disinfect your hands and register with your name. You can log in on your phone or write your name out. Everyone wants to do their best, but some feared the shared pen could be an infection source. These days, when I go buy vegetables at the vegetable market, I also have to register my name and write it out. Everyone is using the same pen. There will be microbes on it. Stamping my seal is simple and cleaner. I carry my seal everywhere. Lots of people have gotten their own name seal to save trouble and reduce infection risk. This seal maker has employees working from home who designed the layout of the seal. Then it's time to print the plate. He sticks fixing powder and a sponge onto the mold. Then it's pressed together in the machine. That's halfway. Next, it's steeped in ink and set fast inside the base and lid. Right now, some of my employees work from home. They complete the draft online. Then other employees are in the office to produce the finished product. Orders suddenly picked up when the pandemic began. They've probably grown by about 10 percent. COVID has been a financial disaster for many, but for some industries, it means unforeseen benefits. For the seal-making sector, the rise of real name registration is an unexpected boon. A weather front brought heavy rains over mountainous areas of the north and northeast Monday afternoon. New Taipei's Feizhui Reservoir received roughly 4 million tons of water, enough to take the reservoir above 60 percent capacity. More showers are in the forecast for Tuesday, with fair weather and high temps to return Wednesday and Thursday. And another weather front is on track to sweep in on Friday, bringing the chance of rain in central and southern Taiwan all the way to next Tuesday. Although it is not expected to end the drought, it should bring some much-needed relief. Taiwan's economic growth is in jeopardy as domestic cases of COVID spread, say economists. Consumer spending has fallen drastically in just days as the majority of the public stays at home. Retail and service industries are struggling to adapt to losses. Our reporter met astonishing scenes of quiet department stores in the center of Taipei. It's completely deserted. Only a few employees roam the halls. Even the normally bustling tourist areas are vacant. Nobody wants to leave their home. 
If I can, I buy things online, but it might still be unavoidable to go out to get something to eat. As it is now, everybody wants to stay at home as much as possible, but today I had to come out to get something. It might be inconvenient, but as cases spiral, everyone is doing their best to stay home. To stem their losses, department stores are putting top-grade hygiene measures in place. This is the first smart hygiene door in Taiwan. Above me, you can see the ultraviolet disinfection. You can even do a 360-degree twirl like this to get the disinfectant spray all around to try and get 100% protection. Everyone in the department store industry has been hit by the pandemic. We have a drop of 10 to 20 percent in terms of customers and sales. But hygiene measures are for naught if customers aren't coming through the door. Profits are plummeting in stores, restaurants, tourism and every kind of service industry. Just opening for business is incurring losses, but shutting down could cost even more. This wave is hitting business much harder than last year, and experts say it could seriously impact the domestic economy. Consumer spending represents about 55% to 60% of our GDP. If domestic demand in the service sector were to fall by one percentage point, that would mean our GDP would fall by 0.6 of a percentage point. We expect about 4.8% growth this year. If you cut that by 0.6, then you get 4.2% growth. If it should be even worse, if we should drop by two percentage points, then we'll be at 3.6%. This economist says GDP growth could fall between the symbolic threshold of 4 percent. Growth in the first quarter this year was 8.16 percent, a 10-year record high, and the Directorate General of Budget, Accounting and Statistics forecast annual growth over 5 percent. But now, all that looks uncertain. The Ministry of Labor has launched a COVID information service for migrant workers. The line-based service offers all the latest pandemic updates in four languages. The multilingual service in Indonesian, Vietnamese, Thai and English aims to inform immigrants instantly about the development of the pandemic in Taiwan in a package that's clear and accessible. Every day at 2 p.m., viewers nationwide tune in to the latest updates from the CECC. Lots of immigrants are also keen to know how the pandemic's progressing, but the presser can be linguistically challenging. They talk quite fast on the news, don't they? So we have to ask our boss to understand it. All the Taiwan, I can't understand it. To improve access to pandemic-related information, the Ministry of Labor has launched a line information service offering the latest news and government advice in various languages. With a few swipes, you can get up to speed on all the latest, translated clearly into Indonesian, Vietnamese, Thai and English. I feel better and it's more convenient for us. If it's written in Indonesian, then it's easier for us to understand. On May 17th, the Ministry of Labor Workforce Development Agency launched the Line at E-Line service. We translate the latest COVID information from the CECC into the native languages of migrant workers so they can be informed immediately. Right now, the service is mainly publishing pandemic info. The agency plans to gradually expand it to include migrant employment law, an FAQ section from the Migrant Workers Protection Hotline, general information about life in Taiwan, and other promotional content to make life in Taiwan 
font easier for new immigrants. Here it says, don't go out for no reason. Second, it says, wear a mask. Third, don't eat outside. Officials hope Taiwanese citizens and the employers of migrant workers will help spread the word about the service and invite their immigrant friends to make use of it. Tackling the pandemic means everyone pulling together. Taiwanese golfer Xu Weiling earned her first LPGA Tour title at 13-under on Sunday, playing at the Pure Silk Championship in Virginia. The 26-year-old golfer fought back from being two strokes down, making an eagle on the 15th green and a birdie on the 16th to flip the scoreboard. She's the first Taiwanese golfer to win an LPGA title since 2013. Same story for Weiling Shi in search of her first win. Fourth shot at the par five. The putt goes in, and the 26-year-old from Taiwan makes birdie on the par five third for the second day in a row. Heading into the final round of the Pure Silk Championship, Shu was tied for the lead with Thailand's Maria Jatanagan, one stroke ahead of U.S. golfer Jessica Korda. When the three of them walked off the 14th green, Jatanagan had a two-stroke lead over Shu at 12 under par, but Shu made use of the 15th tee to flip the leaderboard. Xu eagled on the par 5 15th hole to pull into a tie. Then Jatanagan slipped with a double bogey, which put her two shots down in second place. Victory was within grasp for the Taiwanese golfer, who extended her two-stroke lead in the 16th with another birdie. She played the last two holes at even par to seal the Pure Silk Championship. What does this mean to you, your family, and your country? One second. I thought I won't cry. It's okay. This was Xu's first LPGA title in her seven-year career. The golfer was overcome with emotion in a post-tournament interview. I've been waiting this for seven years. I don't want to wait anymore. So, I don't, sorry. It's very emotional right now. After winning the tournament, Xu fought back tears as she spoke to press. The 26-year-old first appeared on the LPGA circuit in 2015 and has since made the top 10 10 times. She placed second in the 2018 Pure Silk Bahamas LPGA Classic, but until now, victory has always eluded her. Remember all my coach say, all my family said, especially on last night, they told me it doesn't matter what I finish. Uh, they're still proud of me, and they still feel like I'm I'm a I'm a good player. So I just th those things I just show up, like pop up in my mind. She is the first Taiwanese golfer to win an LPGA title since 2013, when Teresa Liu won the Mizuno Classic, a tournament co-sanctioned by the LPGA and JLPGA.